great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after Ooh, ran down. Everybody, I like everybody amazing. I'm not going to remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. All over the today and ram it. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Ram it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other fantastic host of this show, Nick. And Nick, we're talking about a real football team here. we got a big win in Arizona, but first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm great, man. I mean, the finally, all four quarters, the Rams have put up consistently great football for the first time this season. It's great. I mean, by the fourth quarter, you know, Wentz is in, and it's not because Stafford got injured. I, you know, you've got to be happy. Got to be happy right now. Is there a rejuvenation factor that has come upon you? Is there and in the hunt factor, are you kind of looking ahead at the schedule? Because I know you, before the episode started, you were like, who's ahead on the schedule? Let's take a look. Are you, uh, so I want to know where your head's at right now, because I think a lot of Rams' fans' heads are, were we tanking? Were we trying to get a better draft pick? But now we're five and six with back-to-back wins. Where's your head at? I mean, I think it's fair to think um, next week is a must-win, if you want to be serious, because you kind of have to split uh, Browns Ravens because it, it's Browns and it's Ravens away, which we're probably going to lose. But then, it, but then it gets really easy. It's Commanders at home, Saints in the dome, and then um, Giants. In I think New we York, have the Saints. But... We have the Saints in Los Angeles, so you get back to back home games in Commanders and Saints, and then the Giants are in New York. Yeah, um, and then yeah, the 49ers in uh, mm-hmm. in San Francisco. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to come down to the end. We were hopeful that this team would be a nine and eight football team. They have an opportunity if they can go four and one down the stretch, but San Francisco in the final week, uh, there's an opportunity to do so. So it sounds yeah. like you're encouraged. I mean, yeah, I, after that, I mean, everything looked great. I Honestly, what really looked great was the run game and the reliance on it and just being able to lean on uh, Williams and uh, Royce Freeman together was amazing because when when that opens up then every you know the offense starts to look better defense doesn't have to be on the field as long um so yeah i mean great scripted drive to start and then they just kept going and they they didn't let up they you know that every opportunity there were like one or two huge mistakes uh but that's really it and this has been a very mistake heavy team this whole season so they're young but i think they're really hungry right now and i think they know who they are and i think they believe that they that they have this surprise factor in them right now being you know their record is is worse than who they actually are there i think this was as close to a perfect game as the rams roster can play this season the 2023 yeah. roster like they've now won back-to-back games for the first time this season they've swept a division rival we've talked about in back-to-back weeks and they have being when you sweep multiple division rivals in week 12, I feel like that's usually a sign of a nine and two football team. It's a sign of an eight and three football team. But we're five and six and one and six versus everyone outside of Seattle and Arizona. So it's the first time that they've won back to back games since weeks two and three of last year. But in terms of as close to a perfect game as this Rams roster can play, 
457 yards of total offense. They put up 37 points. They were 6 of 12 on third down, so 50% there. They converted twice on two fourth down attempts. They only punted twice, the second possession of the game, and then the Carson Wentz drive. Like It was a miraculously impressive the way that it was called, the, the way that they, they had a really good feel for the game, relied on Kyron Williams, relied on the offensive line, establishing the line of scrimmage, but also like to start the game, they were thrown it around a little bit. So that, you know, being pass heavy to start the game and taking advantage of some deep shots eventually opened up the Kyron Williams and Royce Freeman run game more so than we could ever imagine. Perfect I mean, it's storm. a good start. When on your first drive, Stafford uh, hits Tutu for like 40-plus yards. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I, like from there, you're going to get going quick. They scored fast. Um, and then the defense, you know, you, you get a little worried because uh, Arizona does like a nice, long, consistent drive down the field to score eight because our special teams messed up and they elected to go for two. Um, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're worried again. But then after that, Arizona's offense had nothing. Our defense started looking great. And yeah, I mean, the offense just kept rolling. They did not stop after that. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about Kyron Williams, because I think c- coming off the IR, right, with a high ankle sprain, four weeks, you know, you're recovering, you're you're getting your body reacclimated, you're getting yourself back up to game speed. We were like, oh, you know, Royce Freeman, they're going to slowly integrate Kyron back to the offense. No, this was full speed, Kyron Williams, yeah. like dump ball dominant. We want the rock in your hands late in the game and we want you to win us the game. It's exactly what he did. It stemmed memes like this. We got Eric Dickerson, Marshall Falk, Steven Jackson, Todd Gurley, and Kyron Williams. It's an avatar meme to show we've never watched, but also it's, it's a good representation of the kind of player that Kyron Williams has become, right? He's a, a three down back. He's better in pass pro. He's a great pass catcher. He was one of the leading target getters in this game. And he also averaged 8.9 yards per carry. So Kyron Williams was as productive as you could possibly get to the point where he was outgaining the Arizona Cardinals. This was one point in the third quarter. Kyron Williams had 181 total yards. The Arizona Cardinals had 179. That's how dominant Kyron Williams was. There was a point, I think it was later on in the fourth quarter, that he achieved uh, this acclimate. The first player with 125-plus rushing yards, 50-plus receiving yards, and two-plus receiving touchdowns in a game since week one of 2017. Like, you're thinking to yourself, oh, Christian McCaffrey. You know, you're thinking to yourself, Alvin Kamara, maybe Austin Eckler. No, Kyron Williams. Yeah, Kyron Williams against the Arizona Cardinals. That's how special the performance was today. Unanimous Offensive Player of the Week. Just insanely impressed with how he balled out today. Yeah, I'm just... From a perspective of, you know, that he goes down and the Rams have to bring back Daryl Henderson and, like, sign, like, the you know, new running backs. And, you know, you're kind of like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're, they're doing okay. They're doing their thing. Uh, like, it's kind of hard to think that, at least at the time, that if you insert Kyron, that those games are going to fall another way because, like, the run game was never horrible. But now, I mean, after this game, it totally feels like, if they would have had Kyron through that stretch, who knows what the record could have been because he opens up so much. And it, you know, on like third, you know, third and threes and like second and sevens, you don't have to worry about getting to fourth down because he's already on it. Also, love, absolutely loved on the first drive, trusting the run game on fourth yep. and one and giving it to Kyron and absolutely showing that this is our guy. Like this is like, we, we feel very confident in him and he's going to, you know, run all, 
all the way down uh, Arizona's throat. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, that's the offensive line. That's what we talked about with Kevin Dotson. We were like, okay, week six, Kevin Dotson came out. He was vocal. Tyler Higby was vocal. They wanted to win at the line of scrimmage. That's how they want to establish their offensive identity first before they come out with the pass attack. But because the pass attack was so successful early on, it just allowed them to rely on it. And Nick, I think you sent the perfect text during the game. This is your text. Two sweeps in the division is insane. On top of two games that we really felt like we should have won, the Bengals and the Steelers, and not to mention the Packers game if Matthew Stafford is healthy. So, like, that is perfectly said. Kyron Williams could be healthy. Matthew Stafford could be healthy in that Packers game. And you could be looking at two or three more wins and an opportunity to, you know, make a playoff run. That's not where we think that this roster is going. You know, obviously, the ball hasn't bounced our way in the first 11, 12 weeks of the season. We're now getting back to five and six, stringing together back-to-back wins. But now Cleveland, Baltimore, those are going to be two insanely tough tests, similar to how Cincinnati and Pittsburgh were. So yeah. you got to kind of mentally prepare yourself for what's to come. A hundred percent. And, I, you know, it, it would have been nice if one of those games went our way or if McVay didn't call the Philly-Philly special on a two-point conversion down 21 and Stafford <laughs> was able to play in that Packers game because they would have absolutely smoked them. But, I mean – I just want to give a shout out to this rookie class. I mean, like apps, like two weeks ago, I was like, I don't know. Like we're supposed to be looking like these guys next year are going to be able to like lift this higher and like get better. But I mean, you know, Steve Avila, um, you know, Puka Nakua, obviously, uh, Stenson Bennett, just kidding. Kobe Turner. I mean, all (laughs) having like big impacts in the game, like truly being like, impact makers and like play ballers playmakers so yeah i mean you can feel comfortable going into next season knowing that you know we're going to bring in more talent in the draft and we currently have our first round pick but this team you know they're young right now they're going to be older next year and they're probably going to be get a little better yeah they're going to be tough right and you know what's so interesting about the mick stafford game plan today and you talked about puga nakua as as a, a dominant wide receiver and, and just having an incredible rookie season as a fifth round draft pick. You look at this graphic and you're thinking to yourself, all right, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Quinton Johnson, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, those last two, Quinton Johnson and JSN, not having great seasons statistically. But Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison are as two of as good as first round rookie receivers as you could possibly get. And Puka Nakua has 250 more receiving yards. And this was entering week 12. Like Puka Nakua is like, 80 yards shy of his first 1,000-yard season as a Rams rookie, which is incredible. He could do it by week 13, week 14. And then you don't you don't have fancy charts like this for guys like Steve Avila. But, I mean, he is incredible. Like you saw him on one of the Kyron Williams screens where he was just marching down the field looking for anybody to take out and looking to create yeah. a run lane for Kyron Williams downfield and the second and third level. Like that's exa- – from a left guard – like you're used to seeing things like that from big wit, but to get that from the, the kind of production from a rookie, from a left guard, from a guy from TCU, you stayed put in that second round. You were like, I'm not going to outthink myself. I'm going to take the best yeah. player on the board, the guy that we like, and he's going to be a great player for the Rams for the next 12 years, without doubt yeah. in my mind. Yeah, hundred percent. I you just have to feel right now after win like that, confident in the future for this team because regardless of if we split these games with uh, Browns and the Ravens and whatnot. Um, I, I mean, going into next year, like I, you know, I'm way more excited now. I mean, it's a sweeping. Sure. It's Arizona. They're two and seven. They have cotton. They have Kyler and their defense was banged up, but still 
that's a big game. It's a statement yeah. game. It's it's not a 17-16 victory over Arizona. That is a, you know, we came to play, we came to win, and we came to like prove that 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 we can win hot. I think that was their best game this season outside of maybe week one. And now, you know, you're fully developed. You are who you are. So it's nice to see that later in the season as opposed to, you know, the potential fluke of week one. I was afraid that we weren't going to see a perfectly balanced game again. Like you're starting to get fearful of like, okay, are they going to be too heavily reliant on the pass? You know, what's what's McVay going to call in certain situations? Are they going to trend towards, you know, being conservative and, and trying to, you know, purposefully lose football games, which was something that was actually entering people's minds at some point. Nobody on the roster wants to lose, but it's it's a really interesting dynamic because when the Rams aren't perfectly balanced, that's when mistakes come. But when they are perfectly balanced, like today, was absolutely perfect. You can't get any cleaner. 33 passes for 229 yards, 6.9 yards per pass, and 33 runs. And guess how many yards? 228, one less yard than they got on, uh, through the air. 6.9 yards per run. Like Matthew Stafford was 25 of 33 for 229 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. And that one interception came with 15 seconds left before the half on a Puka Nakua option route. Probably something that was a little bit unnecessary to call in that situation. But nonetheless, Matthew Stafford with a banged up thumb was as good as he possibly could have been in this game. Yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely saw the impact of the banged up thumb, and I'm sure you did too. They wouldn't stop shutting up about it in the uh, commentary, though, which was kind of pissing me off. But he, you know, he hit some low throws, and he hit some like some some easy screens he missed. But yeah, I mean, definitely was a better option than Carson Wentz, and made some big time <laughs> throws, especially early on. Yeah. I think uh, what I really liked about their pass attack today and Mick Stafford was how they distributed the football. Like, it was tough. Like, when I looked at the box score, I was like, I don't know who the leading target getter was. Was it Puka? Was it Higby? Was it – it wasn't Royce Freeman. Was it Kyron was Williams? It, like, was it Puka? Yeah, it was Puka, right. That, yeah, that's that, what I was trying to figure out. I was like, okay, so Puka had nine. And the, clearly the pass game and some of the progressions that Matthew Stafford was going through, I thought, favored him with Cooper Cup hurt. And I think that just – is the way that they came in with the game plan it was like we got to heavily heavily favor Puka. You know, Cooper's ankle could act up at any time. I think Cooper only had five targets, which was the same amount as Tyler Higby. Kyron had six. Tutu Atwell had three, and one of them was the early bomb. And then you saw Demarcus Robinson get involved a little bit later on. He had two targets, and then Benny Sko and Davis Allen both had one each. I thought that the Rams' play action game. And screen game that Kyron Williams, I think you brought this up, he missed a couple, but he was on the ones that they executed and the ones that they ran in play action was perfect. It's Matthew Stafford under center. Sometimes he's in the pistol, but it's based on what the Arizona's defense was giving them. Like their tendency was to assume that the Rams are going to take deep shots and they just dumped it off. And those kind of backside screens with Kyron Williams in space or lead blockers like Steve Avila and great receivers who are able to create space in the run game. That is the kind of offense that I wanted to see this team run just a little bit more of a condensed version of what they, they've they shown before, less explosives, but more of the willingness to just take what the defense is giving you. And I thought it was a really good example of the kind of them learning from their mistakes. We've talked about in previous weeks that we don't like when they predetermine what their game plan is going to be. It felt like they had a heavy dose of adjustments and play action and audibles, which kept the defense on their toes and kept them guessing throughout the entirety of this game. Based on how Gannon ran his um, – defense it felt like they were under the assumption that the rams run game wasn't going to be able to beat them because it felt like uh, like everything yeah. that they were doing was focused on you know 
Puka and and Cooper Cup, you know, and kind of holding they back, holding them back to say. Um, but when you run a perfectly, you know, balanced 33 passes, 30, 33 runs, and Kyron Williams and Royce Freeman just being like the perfect complement, 77 yards on 13 carries, touchdown even. Yeah. Um, just you know, 5.9 a carry from like your second guy. Yeah, I they weren't ready for it, so we we were able to like kind of you know jump out and surprise them. Uh, I think it's it may be a different story against the Browns, you know, <laughs> but we'll see. You know, time will tell. They just so happen to be the best defense in the league, but we just so happen to they have just lost to Russell Wilson though. So. Right, right. But we're coming off of going to have the offensive player of the week, and then we also conveniently have the best defensive player in the world. Like th- this game was so interesting from Aaron Donald. It was his 10th. This is his 10th season, but he's just a game wrecker consistently. If you look at the box score, he's all the way at the bottom. He had zero tackles in this game, not one single tackle, but he had two quarterback hits and he had countless pressures. One of which was a hit that tweaked Kyler Murray's ankle and blew him up off of his spot and got him to run around a little bit more frequently than he has to. And that limp, was pretty persistent the entire second half. I love to see that man smile. He deserves a winning organization. He deserves week to week to be able to uh, have rookies that can play off of his double and triple teams, like Kobe Turner, like Michael Hoyt, like Dejuan Johnson had a sack in this game. So I'm I'm hopeful that um, he's going to continue to be that guy over the next couple of years throughout this 24 and 25 window. Because there's something about Aaron I think he has four kids now at this point, but he's a father figure in this organization. To a lot of these kids, they look up to him. That move that Kobe Turner made where he, I think he had a club move to the guy's head and just kind of slapped him away and was able to work inside and generate pressure on Kyler Murray, eventually get a sack. That's Aaron Donald. That's yeah. him That's him handing over the uh, the specter, whatever the hell the thing is called. Like, the, I mean, what I'm just... <laughs> What's the term? What is Kyle handing over the scepter? What is what is Kyle trying to say? Honestly, yeah, I know where you could do whatever that word. He's just handing over the uh, the reins to a, a player like that. You know, it's it's just a double and triple team. You have a one on one opportunity. You have to be able to win it in some situations. And Kobe's doing it. And there are guys on this defensive line who are consistently doing it when Donald is able to attract that kind of attention. He missed like one running back hit I, I feel like he didn't even realize that he was oh, gonna like, yeah. be able to, like wrap up yeah. the running back but he like he almost like bounced off of him um it was gonna be like a loss of six yards on James Connor and Connor just yeah that's right but I mean still yeah I like you know give him all of his flowers a hundred percent because it was I mean it was it was beautiful everything that you see from him as always it's you know it's just business as usual for Aaron Donald yeah yeah, I, I thought the secondary was pretty impressive too. Like for all the the flack that they're getting, the Darion Kendrick conversations, you know, Kirby Duran has been bagged up. Quentin Lake wasn't in this game, so they had to do a little bit of makeshifting. So Russ Yeast played, I thought he played really well in the dime linebacker spot. And then Kobe Durant was in the star in certain sub packages with Quentin Lake out. But like I mentioned, Darion Kendrick, Akella Witherspoon, but the whole secondary, you saw Trey Tomlinson later on in this game. Greg Dorch gave him the you're too small for me. Greg Dorch is five foot eight. Trey Tomlinson is also five foot eight. Like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about there? Also, you're down three possessions. I just feel like the uh, the secondary is really kind of coming along, and they're all kind of growing uh, up at the same time. I mean, it's Russ Yeast and Kobe Durant 
guys that are in their second year. Kendrick in his second year. Witherspoon is new to the organization this year. Trey Tomlinson's coming along. I'm, I'm confident that they've been able to work guys around in certain positions. And this is like the evaluation phase. This is who's going to be around for next year, but also who's going to be able to put together the most competent defense and be able to come up with those adjustments and make plays and execute when you're called upon. And I think Raheem Morris, like after the first half, this this is or after the first possession, rather, this is pretty miraculous. But this is a tweet from Jordan before the Rams pulled most of their defensive starters with about eight minutes and 30 seconds to go in the fourth quarter. The defense held Arizona to 168 net yards and just one touchdown. And that one touchdown was on the Arizona Cardinals opening drive. And that point, we saw this guy, Carson Wentz, his first time in the huddle. Uh, uh, he What did he do? He handed the ball off three times and then the Rams punted. He looked so happy to do it. He was on the sideline beaming with excitement. Like this was the greatest thing ever. I'm so happy that I'm back on the field. I'm hopeful that if he, if he sees the field – He's able to, to do just enough and to be just competent enough and make just enough amount of plays to be able to keep the Rams in games. I think, yeah, sure. I mean, maybe there's a chance that he comes in, he can use his legs a little bit and have some like once magic. But I mean, honestly, I don't even want to think about that, especially because, you know, you have three touchdowns, yeah. Matthew Stafford on the day. I mean, that role should be just run by Stenson Bennett, but there's he's just not – I guess he can't no. stay in the building. So It has become too much of a conversation, the backup quarterback position. In seasons in 17, 18, 19, 20, it was not a conversation at all, part because Jared Goff was so dark. Yeah, he stayed, he, he, yeah, he'll stay on the field no matter he what. He was always on the field. What do you think of this uh, little Trey Tomlinson revenge? You think Trey Tomlinson is going to come back and be a solid player in the Rams' secondary? I don't know. I saw a lot of good things from him today. Even on the Greg Dorch touchdown, he was on him like blue. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. There's like a you know a real opportunity, but wasn't that at the end of the game when the when the second uh, you know it the was. second group was in? It was. I just really liked the picture of Trey Tomlinson, and I wanted to mix it into the episode. That was the last photo that I had, so I nice. wanted to. I was wondering sure. where that was going. Oh, wait. Is it the last photo? How about this one? Oh, I like that one. The ram caging the card. It looks like kind of like a children's book. What were those uh, those mice that were like professionally drawn? Do you remember the name of those books? Three Blind Mice? <laughs> My references are off. We we got to uh, be spend some more time in person because I think we yeah, have to, like, say, way, way we have to refresh. We have to refresh our references. Um, I'm trying to remember what that's from. But Do you think Kyler just thinks that like the Rams are just like the most scary team in the NFL to him? Because I just it feels like no matter what, he, you know, he just can't really find a way, especially that that uh that season the Rams won the Super Bowl. Arizona was like on top of the division, like they were season. they were eight and zero to start the season. Yeah, and they were like, I think like Two point underdogs going into that Monday night um, first round of the playoff game where they were the wild card spot, and the Rams just mold them over. Similar yeah. to this, like I, to him, he, I mean, I would think that the Rams are like the top echelon of the league, which is so, not what most people think. What was the final in this game? Was it thirty seven to what? Thirty seven to fourteen. I think the final in that wild card game was thirty four to eleven. Yeah. Like they were equal amounts of massacre. This it, one I mean, in Arizona Stadium doesn't hurt. I mean, it's not a playoff game, but it, those fans, I don't think there was one shred of excitement. Like the most excitement they had in that game was booing. Or or when um, 
when our guy jumped over the center and they were able to go for two that, and, and, <laughs> and, and they were winning for like, you know, two minutes of the, of the game. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how, how we just own Arizona like consistently. And I so, saw a lot of sharp saying this is a bad spot for the Rams. They can't win two in a row. And I was like, Rams are eight and one against Arizona with Kyler. Like, what do you so mean? We, like, when we talk about, yeah. When we, when we talk about the Rams road game next season, we'll be talking about a 10 year span of when the Rams last lost to Arizona in Arizona. So like that, you could chalk that one up. Well, your sports better gambler. The Rams are going to be a better team next year. I don't know what the Cardinals are going to be, but Rams go to Arizona. They win the football game. We got yeah. 10 years of data to support it. Um, I don't want to let this podcast get away from us without talking about Lucas Haverisic. Yeah. Oh, of course. How could we? We saved the best for last. We won't let you get away with this, Lucas. Maybe. Maybe. So, so he made one from 24. He missed one for 50, and then he was four for five on extra points. So, you know, that's – that's. I mean, it's essentially a dome. I know they opened up the top today, but, like, that's getting close to, you know, trying out other kickers, honestly. You have a pretty good feel for kickers. Do you think that the tryouts are going to happen sooner than later? I, I would have I, – I wouldn't have – hung around with this kid for, for this long, honestly, I probably would have been trying other people out. Um, I also don't need to get my kicker from another team's practice squad. Like this kid from, uh, from the Cowboys was a USFL kicker. And he's like, he hasn't missed yet. I don't think it's like some like ridiculous number. Like there are other people that can kick the football that aren't on football teams. Yeah. You know, especially with like a team like, like us, where it's like, if we're going to be scrappy, like, gamble a little bit you know what i mean like don't get brett freaking ripping off the dallas team who had the jitters and cost you that freaking steelers game the 50 yard attempt there was a moment on third and 11 that i thought mcveigh could have been a little better where that I was, think he, yeah i think he had matthew stafford in shotgun correct me if i'm wrong but i think stafford was in shotgun and they tried to take a shot they tried to throw one past the sticks on third and 11 when in reality they probably could have got under center and ran the football and got themselves in a more favorable fourth down situation, which would have given Lucas Haverisic a 44 yard attempt, maybe a 43 yard attempt. You shorten, you get to fourth and five, and you take six yards off of the distance of the field goal. It gives him a higher percentage to make. But he was flirting with that right upright. I really night. thought, I really thought the two mistakes of the game were the special teams jumping over the center to give them. Um, a better opportunity to go for two and then them going for two and getting it. And then that play call I thought was really bad. That was the biggest mistake because, yeah, I mean, we know you should know your kicker. It's not Matt Gay, okay? Like 50 yards, it's not a guarantee all season. doesn't matter who we have running out there. Um, it's not a guarantee. So, yeah, like get it. They're going to be playing back third and 11 or third and 13, whatever it was. So just get a couple more yardage if you're going to kick it, which you already, you know, yeah. established that you're going to do with that screenplay. Like, also the screenplays just don't work anymore under Sean McVay. They work with other teams. Maybe well, it's on, not on third and long. Yeah, yeah on third and long. They're, they're not. I guess the, the thing is they're not like meant to be. Right, you're kind of meant to get yourself in a, a better field position so that you could just punt it away, give your punter more room or less room depending on where they are on the field. I'm just. Today it was all about Kyron Williams. Last graphic that I'm going to show on Kyron. 
Seven plays of 20-plus yards this season. Five of them have come against the Cardinals, including three of them today. So MVP of the day, Karen Williams. MVP of the week, Karen Williams. Um, thank you guys for listening to the pod. We love you. We appreciate you. And go Rams always. Yeah, go Rams. Uh, real fast, I feel like we didn't give Tyler Higby any credit. So a little, you know, I'm going to go a little credit. I was so ready to write this game off as the Tyler Higby game after he scores two touchdowns and the Rams not having a tight end touchdown all season. And then that happens. I'm like, oh, it's a Tyler Higby game. No, it's not. It's Kyron Williams game. But good for you as well. Uh, it's because we're all, Higby's only two catches. <laughs> I think you have the- Right? Did he have three, five yeah, targets? Yeah. Two catches I, saw some, two catches. I, I also saw some good Higby blocks. So yeah, no, he's he's a very very good inline blocker. If you love Tyler Higby, if you don't love him, if you love the Rams, if you are enjoying the podcast, make sure that you ram it. <laughs> like and subscribe. Go Rams! We'll be Go here Rams, for the four season. Peace. <laughs>